Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And welcome to the theme this week that I just said before I hit record and now I can't remember. What is it, Amber? Funny you ask, Charnel. You can't remember <laughs> either, can you? Oh, it's what really happened here. Yeah. We just had we I were got like it. we clapped. It was it was a good it, a good moment. It, it left it so left quickly. The minute I hit that record button. Yep. If anybody ever tries to accuse us of being scripted. I'll just play them that little clip. (laughs) Okay, before we get fully started, I do want to do a true crime update. And thank you to everyone who has sent this to us to make sure that we saw it as well. But on a very emotional case that we covered on Susan Powell in one of our previous episodes, we said if there's ever updates to cases that we unsolved things that we find we will update. So I want to give an update. We don't know for sure, but there was more searches done in the mines that they believe Susan's remains could be in. They did another extensive search and human remains, what is thought to be human remains were recovered as well as a pair of pants, some slacks. They look to be more like a dressy slack were found with the remains. They are being sent off to the lab. It is looking kind of hopeful That they could have finally found Susan. If you're not familiar with the case, I don't think there's any disputing at this point in time that her husband, Josh, took her life. I think it's pretty safe to say that. Because he then, several months later, took the lives of their two young sons and himself in one mass uh, murder-suicide situation. So it would be wonderful for the parents to have the family, her parents and, and the rest of the family and loved ones to have this type of closure. Obviously, our hearts go out to them. We'll, I hope we'll they see. get that. I really do. Me too. I also Everyone love that they're still searching. That. Me You know, because this has been a while ago. Me too. And my understanding is that what happened is that the first few times these mines have been searched many times. And the first times there was like this big encasement from what, from what I understand. Well, now that has since caved in and at the bottom. Uh, they searched underneath all of that like wooden encasement uh-huh. that is where they found the remains it does look like there was some charring like there could have been some burning as well oh. so hopefully mm. more information comes together of how how they could how they think that he carried out these acts um, it's not a full intact skeleton but right and but there are bones and there are clothes refresh so. my memory what year was this again This was 2000. She went missing in 2009. I was thinking 2009. And then secondly, we have like a little podcast update that it's taken a year, but Amber and I have finally arrived because we got a couple of haters. Oh, we do. On our reviews. They hated us enough to leave a review about not liking us which we're annoying and we, that's that's okay honestly yeah. it's okay it's okay you know listen people that like more of like a dateline style they just want the facts it's not us cool that's not us like go to go to dateline they do a wonderful job being a boring newscast like cool we we don't work like that that's not what our podcast is about we're not for everyone and we know it and that's fine mm-hmm. but the reason i'm mentioning it is because 
We want you guys to know we saw the reviews where people were defending us if they saw a bad review. Yeah, that was so cool. Our community, our crime family coming together to defend us over reviews was like this little review war. And thank you. That was Uh. amazing because they don't give us the opportunity to, we can't reply. We cannot do anything with reviews. We we can only read them and say, we love you. Like that one time that the sweet person named Nike gave us an official Nike review. That was really cool. Respond and we could love to. Yep, but we can't. So just know that like, so we can't defend ourselves. If somebody wants to be shitty on there, we can't defend ourselves with like, well, thank you for your critiques, but um, honestly, we're not for you and that's okay. You know, We have decided to like, that's, that's okay. We don't really need to because we're not going to change what no, we're doing no. anyway. We have lots and of not listeners everybody loves who, it. yeah, lots of listeners that really love our style. And so we just, we just want you to know, cause I know that you're listening, the the people that have left uh, left us those one of the reviews said we stutter too much or something like that. They're like, I like it when they mess up words because it makes them more real. Thank you because that's what we're going for. We are real people and we are not scripted and we do that on purpose because the way Amber and I's friendship is is unscripted completely. Real most people, of the time, real issues. Right, exactly. And most of the time, we're unscripted from what society would consider normal and appropriate too. So yeah. uh, we bring it to our podcast. Yeah. It's Even fine. honestly, like my personal favorite podcasts have some horrible reviews too, yep. and I don't feel the way that they do. Nope. So I'm like, it's fine. It's yes. it's good. We're still kick ass we are it's the only reason that i mentioned it is just just to say we see you defending us and we love you and thank you so much and thank you for everyone who enjoys our podcast because thank it's you amazing. so much and now back to the horrific program yeah, <laughs> yeah. Move on i've got Amber's a doozy case. today yeah what do you have for us today my dear all right so i will mention that we both did listener picks this week as well and they do happen to have the similar theme of what really happened here? Mm-hmm. So the case that I'm bringing you today, it's definitely one, it's a little different than what we have covered in the past. This is a scenario that's involving a police officer shooting a man. Um, this is something that started as a 911 call regarding the man's concerning behavior at his girlfriend's place of work. So okay. that's what we start out with. Mm-hmm. I am going to be telling you the story of Michael Chad Breinholt. From what I gather, he went by the name of Chad. So I'm going to refer to him as Chad. His mother has done a lot of things since this happened, and she refers to him as Chad. So I'm assuming that that's why he preferred. Okay. Now, I'm going to make my disclaimer, as I usually do, that, you know, we're exploring a dicey topic, and I understand people are probably going to have varying opinions. So I'm going to start out by saying, I fully support law enforcement. This is not intended to be bashing officers in any way. Yep. We have some amazing officers that listen to our podcast. Some very dear friends that are officers. Yeah, I know many that go above and beyond. So this yep. is not putting, you know, those those officers in a box. Like nope. this is a case that I will stand by. I feel it could have been done very differently. It could have been prevented. And I just feel like it should be talked about. Yes. And it's not a reflection of all law enforcement. Not in any way. So I I always want to put that out there because they have my full support. But this is just, it's one of those scenarios where when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like this could have been handled so much better. Right. 
Right. And we would have been in a different situation. Well, Amber, you're a therapist and you know there's plenty of stories out there of people doing inappropriate things during therapy or being oh, inappropriate. Yeah. But that's not you. Right. And same thing with my job. So I, And it doesn't speak for all of not. the mental health professionals. It does not. Yep. So Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. It's also important that you know that Officer Tyler Longman, who is the officer that does the shooting, he has been cleared in this case. Mm -hmm. So he was not convicted. Okay. It actually took two full years for them to make the decision on this case, whether he would be charged criminally or not. Okay. They did end up deciding that he would not be, but that's a long time. Yeah, it is. That was a long time for the family to wait. Absolutely. So just know that we're talking about somebody that has been cleared, but I'm going to explain everything that happened. Now, this is a more recent case. It was actually just last year, July of 2021, that the decision oh, was wow. made. Okay. On this. So it was about 2019 when all of this happened. And yeah, so we're just... Oh, we're fresh off it. We are very fresh off of it. Even though he's cleared, this is just a different scenario. After I was able to see the body cam footage, which was released. Mm -hmm. I got to see how the events played out and everything that happened. And that's the part that I think people need to kind of know about and just look at, like, how can we do this differently Mm -hmm. moving forward? Okay. So before I tell you about Chad, I want to share a little side note. This is something that really came to mind when I was watching that body cam footage and learning about this case. At the previous place that I worked for, they were starting this shift of mobile crisis teams, which basically meant people going out into the community rather than like staying at the agency and dealing with mental health crisis. Okay. As they're happening. As they're happening. So what that looked like was trained mental health professionals working with the police a lot. So if the police had a call and they had to respond to someone and there was some mental health issues involved, they would call the mobile unit to come assist them. It was this really great partnership of like, okay, could this person, do they need somebody to talk to? Yeah. Do they need to be Mm de-escalated? Do they need linked to other services? Not necessarily. handcuffed and put in jail. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's like they may not need criminal charges. They, they may not, that's not necessary, but they may need mental health Health. help. Okay. So it was, honestly, I commend the agency. I really like that. Okay. Um, I actually got to assist on a couple of those just doing on-call. You know, several of the calls we went to, they simply needed somebody to listen. Yeah. They were feeling suicidal. Um, So it's a really, it was a great partnership and the police were using it a lot. When we get criminal behavior, we know there's always mental health behind it most of the time. Right. So this was just a really great thing that I saw happening At that agency and in the community. Yeah. Now, the reason I mentioned that is because that's the first thing that came to mind when I saw this case and when I read about it is like, oh, my gosh, if they would have had something, a partnership of some kind, if they just would have had someone to help this man with his mental health, this could have been so, so different. Oh. So that's why I wanted to mention that because... You know, I hope that we see more of, of these programs starting for people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the solve all. It doesn't always work, but it's certainly worth a try. Yeah. Right. So just keep that in mind as we talk about Chad and we talk about, you know, his background and what led up to the tragic day. So I'm going to tell you about Chad. He was born Michael Chad Breinholt, and he was born on August 11th of 1988. Chad grew up in Kearns, Utah, along with his younger brother, Chase. 
When Chad was around the age of six, his parents got a divorce, and this was described as really difficult for him. He was super close to his dad, so his parents splitting and dad not being there all the time, that really had a harsh impact on him. Along with that, Chad's father passed away tragically when he was just 15. Oh, no. And his mother described this as a pain for Chad that would never go away. He was really close to dad, and this was really hard for him. Mm -hmm. So around that time, Chad started to develop symptoms of depression and anxiety. His mother described his childhood as good. He had a lot of supports. She did raise them on the boys on her own for a long time. And she went to school. She was working towards a degree. His mother seems like a wonderful person, just from what I've seen and voice and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says family supported a lot. He was raised with his cousins. They were like brothers to him. So he was always with super supportive family. Mm-hmm. He had five aunts. They all took place in helping out. Oh, wow. And and she said that Chad had a really unique unique relationship with everybody in his family. So he was... Very close to his family. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that he was loved. I mean, there is no doubt that this man was loved by his family. All of the, the memorials and everything that they did for him after he was killed, uh, they are beautiful. I watched, they did this like video tribute to him and made this page where people could go on there and leave comments like memories about him and I'm like ugly crying when I'm watching it was <laughs> so it was just you can just tell he was so loved yeah so he he had that in his life despite that though Chad did struggle with addiction as well you know I think that he started to experiment before his father's passing but it definitely really increased when his father right. passed away escalated as we see yes so often Naturally, I mean, with the depression and anxiety, I think that that contributed to the use. That is a math problem that you don't want to be on the solving end yes. of because it is complicated. Yes. Yeah. I will tell you that Chad struggles with this addiction, you know, from 15 on through most of his years. Um, he has good intentions. He wants to get clean. He does get clean. And relapses many times. It's that vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, it wasn't lack of effort. He was trying to yeah. to be better. So just know like that. Like you said, it was a struggle. Yeah. He was super kind-hearted and loving. And actually through his treatment, when he would, you know, he did go to inpatient several times. He did seek the help. And through working with some of the counselors and social workers, he actually became inspired. He wanted to be a music therapist Oh, and so that's something he was going to pursue. He loved music. There's a video of him playing the piano on his on the uh, tribute website that I looked at. Yeah. So, so he was talented as he well. He was. He was. And there's a couple of videos, too, because he was a huge advocate for mental health and addiction. I think he did like a news. It looked like a news clip or something where he was talking about his own experience. And you can just tell he's like this really kind-hearted person. Oh, this is a quote from Susan Neese, who is Chad's mom. This is something that she had said about him. She said, if you truly knew Chad, you knew him to be funny, caring, sensitive, always giving good advice, although rarely taking his own. I could relate to that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and boy, could he tell a story. He understood all walks of life because he lived all walks of life. He was the most accepting person 
that I knew. So like I said, despite all of that love, he did battle with addiction. And with that came also some legal issues. He was um, arrested for possession. He had a couple thefts. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a violent offender, Uh but he did have a a record because of his addiction. He was trying to meet his addictions needs. Yes, exactly. His mother did describe that, you know, when he became fully aware of the things he did, he always tried to take responsibility like he was truly sorry if he had hurt anyone in his act of addiction Mm -hmm. that was not his intention the lifestyle came some legal problems right now fast forwarding to the summer of 2019 my understanding is chad was doing well he had gotten clean he was trying to be better this was he wanted to pursue that music therapy career he had dreams he had goals and and so i think he was doing well but unfortunately, that summer, he relapsed okay. fully. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you to the day of August 23rd of 2019. He's gone into full-blown relapse, and this is also bringing on, I think, some mental health issues as well, which we see that quite a bit. So this day, Chad is struggling. He's not doing well. And what happens is he shows up to his girlfriend at the time. She was working, and he shows up to her place of work I didn't catch what that was I didn't see it listed in anything so I'm not sure what the agency looked like but he shows up he's clearly intoxicated like heavily intoxicated okay I was gonna ask you what his addiction was so it was alcohol he he did battle alcohol but there were some other things as well okay so I think he experimented with various things I don't convoluted I can't yeah I can't honestly say what his drug of choice was but I do know that he he does indicate he took some pills this day as well okay so when he he enters the agency he's causing a bit of a scene and his girlfriend's friend that worked there as well, she ends up making a 911 call. Now, during the call, she reported that he was in, he was visibly intoxicated and that he had also driven himself to the agency, which was concerning. Sure. I don't disagree with that. Of course. And, and that he wouldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point... Michael and his girlfriend, I'm sorry, if I call him Michael, it's because I keep seeing him right. referred to Michael, but I do believe he was called Chad, so mm-hmm. or he went by Chad. So forgive me if I say Michael. So anyway, Chad, he goes up to the parking lot with his girlfriend. She takes his keys because she doesn't want him driving Good in the condition that job. he's in. Yep. So he's starting to cause a ruckus in the parking lot. He's probably not happy about that. Right. And, and he's also indicating that he's struggling. He, okay. he shares that he's taken pills. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sorry, I just kicked the table. Oh, we forgive you. It's okay. So anyway, he's telling his girlfriend this. And so my understanding is as this is unfolding in the parking lot, this is when the 911 call takes place and police do respond. Mm-hmm. Now, at a certain point, Chad does, I think, start walking. Like he ta- kind of takes off and starts yeah. walking. Like fine. I'll see myself out. Yes. Yeah. So he, um, because when they find him, he looks to be like kind of walking down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do talk to his girlfriend before they go find him. Okay. His girlfriend quoted to police when they arrived. It seems like he just wants to commit suicide. He said that he took the pills so he will die. So he's making very clear remarks that he, he is suicidal. Yeah. We're in crisis, 100%. And def- yeah, definitely in crisis. 
Um, and, and very intoxicated. Like I said, it was even from the body cam. I mean, it's very obvious that he is under the influence. So the police talk to her for a couple of minutes and then they go find him. I can't imagine he got too far. Sure. No. In his condition. When you walk in zigzag, <laughs> it takes longer than a straight walk. Right, yeah. right. Right. So when, when they find him, they do breathalyze Chad and he blows a blood alcohol level of 0.162. Wow. He was. Oh yeah. He, he was, was feeling it. Yep. That's for sure. Three times above the legal uh-huh. limit of Utah. So they do go ahead and arrest him because they know he drove to the agency. Right. And he's. He's pretty tanked. Yeah, for sure. Uh huh. So they do make an arrest. At that point, they take him into the uh, the jail, and they spend nearly two hours with him in the DUI processing room. So during this time, from the body cam footage that I saw, Chad is struggling. He's very emotional. He's crying. There's times where he's crying for help. At one point, he's saying, "My heart hurts." Oh, I know that really it break it just breaks my heart. Like he he is struggling. Oh. He asks to go to residential. He says he wants to go get help. Um, and, and you see very little regard from the officers. They're not interacting with him a lot. It's very business. They mention he's getting a fel- felony DUI. I mean, okay, which, yes, he probably should have been taken in yeah, yeah. For, for driving. But there's no regard for his mental health. Um, no, and I mean, I get it that you're trying to process the DUI. That's okay. Yep, he should be charged with that. I get that. But how are you just ignoring this man telling you that his heart hurts? Yes. And that he's vacillating between being able, you know, with his emotions of yes. crying and talking. And and so they keep it very much business. You know, they're booking him. And it took two hours for them to do all of this. All of the paperwork and all of, you know, all of their, and I'm sure they have to do it. Yeah. But they're not interacting with him as he's sitting there and, and he is saying these things. At one point, Chad collapses on the floor and he continues to break down in front of the officers. He's left on the floor for 11 minutes crying before they finally do call for a medical assessment. I want to also mention that he is handcuffed behind his back this entire time. He's got his arms cuffed behind his He's back. He's just laying on the floor crying. He's laying on the floor crying. It's Where's some, the humanity? And, and that's that's where I struggle so much with this one because you don't see a whole lot of it. Now, the officers, they do have the medical crew come and examine him. When they arrive, they, the officers mention that Chad had taken pills. They don't mention anything about what his girlfriend had indicated that he was reporting he wanted to die, that he had taken the pills to die. They don't mention any of that. Honestly, from what you've told me, I feel like it's because they weren't listening to begin with. And no. so they weren't even recalling any of that. No, like I said, I know people are going to have different opinions on this, um, but from what I see, it was a business It was a business deal. He was getting a DUI. We have to book him. He's going to jail. So the rest of it, I think he was just kind of looked at as this obnoxious drunk person. Right, because you drank yourself to oblivion and... I mean, you can now see you're having the repercussions, and probably they're all. We all have a friend who gets too drunk and starts crying. Yeah, yeah. we. Uh, I know people that do that, and they're totally fine, and they're not addicted, but they're just having a moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, these are there's just too much here that. And just from now, I will tell you all of the footage from this. It is out there publicly. All of the body cams. Um, it's very very graphic. I will give you the heads up. Like if you look this up. 
I mean, the whole, you can see the whole thing un, unfold up until the shooting. And so, oh, wow. um, it is out there, but this is my take on it. I see this is a business as usual. We got to book him. Right. He's being obnoxious. You can see some snickers going on as they, you know, as he's Seriously? being a little, and he is being obnoxious. I'm not going to discredit that. Like, you know, he's being loud, but he's also crying and he's saying his heart hurts and he's asking for help. Right. So. Oh, he is medically cleared from the um, examiners. They say he's he's okay to stay. So he is, at one point, they put him back up into the chair, like, by where they were booking him. The medical team leaves. So at this point, he is begging to go to a place called Uni, which, my understanding, it's a mental health treatment facility. Okay. He's asking to go there. He said, I really want to go. Um, and at this point, they're getting frustrated with him. And so one of the officers responds to him and says, let me tell you this right now. I'm not going to sit here and play games with you. You've already wasted our fire department's time by having them come out for some bullshit. I'm not taking you to uni. I'm taking you to jail. So cut the bullshit. So after this happens, Michael begins to start saying that he has a gun on various parts of his body. Oh, Lord. I also want to mention that he was searched when he came in. Yeah, yeah. So they know he does not. At first, they kind of brush this off. They're like, okay, yeah. Right. Sure, sure you do. Well, he continues to say it, and, and at one point he starts to say, I've got a gun in my shoe. And he says this several times. I, and and I, you can tell they're, they're getting annoyed mm-hmm. at this point. Well, he's not getting anywhere with them, so of course he's going to right. try. So now he's, it's it's like he's just kind of messing with them, mm-hmm. and he plus, like I said, he's drunk. Yeah, right. So he says, I got a gun in my shoe. He says it a couple times, and at that point, one of the officers goes up to Michael and decides to take. he's going to take his shoe, because I think he's tired of hearing him say this. Right, right. So he pro- proceeds to try to I keep saying Michael, and I'm so sorry, guys. It's okay. <laughs> Michael Chad. It's the same person. His name is Michael Chad. A lot of the things that I took info, it was Michael. Um, so, yeah. that's his legal name. Yeah. So just know, I'll keep saying he goes by Chad, but forgive right. my human errors. I keep calling him Michael. You aren't allowed to be human, Amber. You're a podcaster. <laughs> People want us to be perfect. You're right. Um. So anyway, Chad, he resists when the officer goes up to him to take his shoe. He's, you know, he starts to, he refuses, first of all, because the officer asks for his shoe and he, and he's not giving it up. So in, in response to this, another officer comes in to assist as they take Chad off of his chair and put him down on the floor to physically remove his shoe. Okay. Again, he's cuffed behind his handcuffs behind his back. Right. And another officer okay. is waiting outside. Hold on. He's handcuffed behind his back. Why do we care if he has a gun in his shoe? Thank you. I mean, truly. I And again, and he's so he was searched. Right. Right. Was we searched. know he doesn't have a gun in his shoe, right. people. Why are we going to such great lengths to take his shoes off? Thank Just you. Just fucking ignore him. Thank you. So... At this point, they take when they take him down, he starts to resist a little bit. Right. Um, he's being manhandled. He's being manhandled. And so this is when a scuffle really starts to go. And I, I will tell you, I've watched the body cam footage. It's really... It, you mean two officers on one with his hands handcuffed behind his back and a scuffle yes. ensues? Yes. Okay. But, but he's also... He is moving kicking, around. There's sure. there is movement. There's chaos going on. It's hard to see on the cams what's happening sure, at this point. Sure, because it's on their bodies. Yes, 
But during the scuffle that happens, one of the officers yells, oh, fuck, he's got my gun. Mind you, his, this man's hands are cuffed behind his back. How? I don't know, and I can't honestly say. Like, I'm trying to be factual here, but I can't honestly say that I saw where he did. Um, he was able to, like, actually grab the gun. I don't know. Maybe he did, like, start to reach for it. But, I, you know, I don't know that he was able to, with his hands behind his back, pull the gun out. Right. Anyway, well, the officer um, yells this, and at, at this point, Officer Tyler Longman comes in to assist the other two officers, and they, they're trying to restrain Chad. Now, this happens really quickly. I mean, there's this scuffle. Sure. He yells, fuck, he's got my gun. The other officer does. Tyler Longman comes in very quickly. No assessment of the situation. It's just the scuffle. I'm going to say maybe he heard he's got my gun and acted immediately. Okay. Yep. But what he does do is he takes the time to remove his own gun. He states to Chad, you're about to die, my friend, before placing the gun to Chad's head and pulling the the trigger, killing him instantly. You're about to die, my friend? He takes the time to say that before he pulls the trigger. No, that's not a situation where you're acting in self-defense. And it breaks what my heart to know that that's those are the last words that that Chad heard before he died. And his family knows this. And his family has seen the footage, and they know this. Yep, yep. A man who's handcuffed behind his back. He's on the ground. Yeah. When Officer Longman comes in, officers that I'm assuming also had their firearms because he claims. You hear one say, oh, fuck, he's got my gun. Yes. So the other officer is also armed. Yes. And does not pull out his gun. Correct. Okay. So. What really happened here? That is the question. And like I said, it took two years in reviewing this. And I am, you know, I'm open to hear what everyone else thinks of this. I've heard a lot of people say the shooting was justified, but it could have been prevented. I personally disagree with that. That's my opinion. I don't think it was justified. I think it could have been prevented entirely. Long before they got to the point where they're trying to take his shoes off for no reason. They knew he did not have a firearm in his in his shoe. Yes. The reason the whole scuffle ensued to begin with was simply because they were fucking annoyed that he kept saying that. And the reason he kept saying that is because he wasn't being listened to when he was saying he needed help. Right. They were like, no, we're going to throw you in the drunk tank. You're going to jail. We're processing you for felony DUI. Mm-hmm. And that's really all they kept saying to him. And I guess as I'm watching this, my thought is if any mental health professional could have been assisted, you know, had assisted with this. Oh, it would have went completely I would have assessed this man and definitely thought he needs help. Yeah. You know, let him sober up and let's get him to a facility to get him some help. And he certainly, you know, needs his repercussion from the felony DUI. Yep. Mm -hmm. He was driving obliterated. Certainly. Right. But first and foremost, let's deal with his mental health. And then deal with the criminal charges that that ensued from it. Correct. And and so I but just, I can't. I, no, and the hey. hours leading up to this. That's where the that's where I have such a hard time because that's where it could have been stopped. It could have been prevented. Yeah. 
um, even just maybe listening to him, even if they didn't care, just like, yeah, but you know, just maybe some human decency, like you said, um, or just fucking ignore him when you know he doesn't have a gun in his shoe, A, B, he can't access it because his hands are, are handcuffed behind his back also. Right. You could just, you, you let him annoy you and to the point where it escalated to this scuffle and I'm sure he was kicking. I'm sure he is trying to turn around and maybe he even rolled himself over and did get a hold while he's on his back. He could have. I mean, excuse me, on his stomach. Yeah, he you could know, have tried to pull the, the gun. gun. Sure, certainly. And so certainly. I don't want to discredit that. But but he's also in survival mode too at that point. You have two other men on top of you when you're already in a chaotic crisis yes. state. And I, I can tell you my anxiety went up just thinking about being handcuffed behind my behind back, back. Mm-hmm. and then having people on top of yep. me. Like I said, he was... He was started to be obnoxious, but of like course. you said, it was after he wasn't getting the the help right. um, that he was asking for. But they're the professionals. Right. You're supposed to be the professional here. And I agree with you, and this is just our opinions, but I agree with you to be able to say those words before pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. It was not life or death self-defense. It was not. And that's, that's like I said, this is my opinion. Um, I've, I've watched a couple things on this where you know people feel strongly it was justified sure um I guess you know my on my end I'm a mental health professional I've done some jail diversion stuff is it the solve all no no it's not but it's a step in the right direction in my opinion you have seen it be successful I have so it's you know that's how I see this I also don't see Chad as this uh, criminal addict that needed to be disregarded. He was a good person, and you can see that. And he didn't have a history of being a violent offender. He didn't. He didn't. And so, and he wasn't. And he wasn't a big guy. Um, okay. He wasn't like a big, dangerous okay. guy. Yeah. He, he was struggling. He needed help. Yeah. And so this this one hurts my soul. It really does. Mine it, too. And I can't. My I just heart can't just breaks that. for this family that had to see that. Yeah. Like they saw that. They heard heard that officer say those words. And that officer was cleared. He was cleared. How did um, they say how they justify even with those words coming out of his mouth? You know, I didn't really get the full explanation like of that. What he saw some sometimes these things aren't public record either because they do an internal investigation. Right. But. I will tell you this. So before the full body cam footage of this was released to the public, it was edited by the police department's um, public relations, their team. And so they had cut out the parts regarding Chad's mental health cries. And so all that was released was kind of that end game where the struggle ensued. And then, you know, why the officer How pulls this gun out. I don't know. Um, now, I will say, like, eventually public, it did come out. Public relations gets to pick what is going out for the department. And this That hurts. is terrifying. This hurts so much. I can't imagine how the family felt with this. So because, there, number one, there was little media coverage. There actually isn't a lot on this yeah. case. Um, because people were seeing only that side of things, people were being horribly cruel with comments about I'm this. I'm sure. Horrible things. Because they didn't have the full picture. They didn't. And so to see some of the comments, I had watched this little, it wasn't a documentary. It was just like a little thing, you know, about this case. And they highlighted some of the comments. They're awful. Making jokes about it. And we get, I mean, 
it's easy to hide behind a screen and we see that all the time. We do. Right. right. So that's for sure. And you're only getting one side of a story. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can't imagine for the family if they saw any of that, how awful it was. Yeah. For them. So at the request of a local city newspaper, the Salt Lake Tribune, um, executive director of the Institute for Criminal Justice Reform, Randy Shrewsbury, reviewed the full clip of what happened on that day. And he concluded, and this is a quote from him, I saw nothing at all for which I believe that this was a necessary shooting. Now. That says something. Okay. Like I said, whether you believe that it was justified or not, obviously the district attorney that made this decision, he concluded that it was justified. Mm -hmm. It took him two years to do that, but that was the decision. So whatever he, you know, whatever his take on that, obviously he felt that it was somehow justified. Um, But I just, I 100%, I I stand by this 100% that it's this was avoidable. In my opinion. It didn't have to get to the shooting. It did not. And I I just wonder how many dollars it takes to make this happen. I'm just going to say right. it. In my opinion. Right. Um, it's just the whole thing, you know, the editing, it's all, I Mm-mm. don't know. Mm-mm. It's yeah. just, this is a dicey case, and I understand that. So if I ruffle feathers, I apologize. But this, we need to talk about I, these things. I think these feathers need to be ruffled so they don't get repeated. I agree. And listen, as someone who has a child that is looking to go into law enforcement, if there is ever a situation where it is, my life is in danger and I have to shoot or be shot, I believe in self-defense. Oh, for Completely. absolutely. I stand by that as well. And I, I um, heard that perspective as as well on this case of, you know, that's the officer. He They're trained to do that. They respond, you know, if it comes down to that. They are not trained to say those words. No, God, no. Someone. God, no. Or put a gun up to a person's head. That was the most heartless, no. horrible. No, that was not about training whatsoever and completely, in my opinion, reflective of the type of human this man is. And I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I watched the whole thing unfold. It was very, it, it's traumatizing to watch. It's mm-hmm. horrible. And to hear those words said before he dies, there was no remorse or hesitation. He immediately pulled the trigger like i said these are my opinions and you know someone in law enforcement might feel differently amber i know i'm that also i'm just like you had time to move to him also by the time you know like i said there's a lot of scuffling in that moment so it's hard to make out specifically okay what the sequence of events is but when he comes up to chad yeah when the officer comes up to chad I mean, he doesn't, Chad does not have a gun in his hand. Chad is not going to shoot someone. Chad is down on the, the not ground. not self-defense. Ch- Chad is on the ground at that point. Right. He does not have a gun in his hand. So, it, and there are two other men on him. Yes. And the officer acted so quickly. Now, the other side of this, I've heard people say, you know, that, that first officer said he's got my gun. And so that's why Officer Longman acted that quickly. Jumped in. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, guys. No. Look at the footage. Tell me what you think. Because, well, and just be, I mean, if you do, be advised. It's very, very traumatizing. Yeah. It's very graphic. But, yeah. It's interesting to me. I guess, I guess I am interested to know why people think that it's justified if they have the full picture. Right. So often, and especially online, we we see people who don't have the full picture. They may just read the headline of an article, which is to is draw 
a headline is there to draw you in. A lot of times it's not even a big part of what the story is actually even about. So I do wonder how many people are advocating out there that legitimately have the full picture uh-huh. aside from the the people that are directly involved in this yeah. that say, yeah, nope, we're not gonna, it was, it was justified. I mean, who makes that decision and what, what's their stake in this? I would really, what kind of skin do they have in this game? Yes. I would really love to see, and maybe I just need to dig a little bit more, but I, you know, I would love to see the whole explanation of why this was like, why that decision was made. Um, from what I found, it was he decided that it was justified despite Chad's signs of extreme mental health mm-hmm. distress. And and they were there. I mean. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Um, you don't have to be a mental health professional to see that they were there. No. I mean, he was left crying on the floor for quite a long time. I will tell you, after July of last year, when Officer Longman was cleared, Chad's mother has, it was in August of 2021, she has filed a wrongful death suit. Okay, good. I was going to ask about the statute of limitations on that and wondered if they purposely dilly-dallied to a prov- to avoid that. Maybe. Because in some um, states, in our Nugent case that we just covered uh, several weeks ago, the statute of limitations for wrongful death ends in March of this year. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, because it, I, I was like, two and, years? Was it really that hard? I mean... Why is there not a caveat in the law that says... If it took the agency this, you know, this long to determine if they're going to charge, then the wrongful death suit, you know what I mean, uh-huh. can still move forward even if it's been beyond the two years. Like why? Yes, I know. Why are we not prote- more helpful for victims? Seriously. Just, what the hell? Seriously, I was happy to say, I mean, is it okay to say that? I was happy to see that she had had filed this. Yeah, yeah. I oh, was. Absolutely. Um, my understanding, it's still under investigation. Okay. There's still, I didn't see anything about an outcome at this point. I'm also going to give you a, a snippet to sit on as we're ending this, this case. So officer Tyler Longman, this is his third shooting death on duty. Shut your face. That's in front of me right now. Sorry to Mike drop you with that, but that is what I read. What the actual bullshit fuck is this? I don't. But I was, I was astonished by this. Excuse my profanity. So just know that, um, you know, that's what I, I've read a couple quotes from uh, Chad's brother in this of, you know, why did this man still have a gun? Is this, this point? the freaking wild west? What is happening right now? I'm telling you, that's why I was like, we got to talk about this. Way to bury we that gotta. and just drop that at the end. All right. Have a good day, guys. Yeah. I'm out. Okay. See you Thursday. <laughs> Bye-bye. No, I do want to share something else with you. Just kind of wrapping this up. Something else that Chad's mother had said. And also a message she received from someone that was actually happened to be there the day Chad was picked up. Uh, my understanding, this person was interested in law enforcement, so they were doing a ride along. So I'm going to read you that okay. really quick. I'd love to hear it. Also, this, because it's pulled up on my phone, this is Chad 
right here and his mom and brother. Oh my God, they're beautiful. He looks just like his mom. Yes, he does. His mom's beautiful. They are a gorgeous family. Yeah, he was a very look good looking man. Yeah, he is. He was. Yes. Oh my gosh. And his family, I mean, there's so many pictures of us. They're a beautiful family and you can just tell there was, there was mm-hmm. love in that family. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to read this to you really quick. So this is, a, like I said, this is first a quote from his mother and then I'll read you the other message. It says, I was on a business trip in Sweden the day Chad died. I had an early morning flight home and was just dozing off when I happened to roll over and see Chad was calling. We had talked about me coming out that week to Salt Lake City and celebrating our birthdays together at Red Lobster, which was their favorite, (laughs) and me meeting the girl he wanted to marry. Aww. He mentioned some clinics he was trying to get into, and he asked me to pray for him. We said our our I love you's. And we never ended a conversation without I love you. So this is a message that she received kind of randomly from, like I said, this person was on a ride along that day. Mm -hmm. It says, it looks like it's a, it's a text message. Yeah. It says, I know you don't know me, but I was on a ride along with WVCPD that Friday and was with the officer who encountered Chad. I also knew Chad from junior high quite some time ago. I was also present in the basement of the city hall just one hour prior to all of this. When I left, the officers were waiting for the warrant for Chad's blood sample. The sole purpose was so I could learn about law enforcement. I don't know all the details and was shocked. Chad's demeanor prior was relatively calm, but I could tell that he was really sad. Not about the arrest, it was something prior. Although I don't know Chad on a personal level, I can tell the family what the family said about him is indeed true. I am still wanting to be an officer, but that night I learned something. Listening to people in their darkest moments in life can go a long way. An officer can be an officer and a therapist at the same time. I wish things went different. I keep thinking maybe if I had stayed an hour longer to observe, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe just having another civilian there would have changed something. I keep playing it like a broken record. I guess I feel heartbroken. I just want to express my most sincere condolences to the entire family. I hope you may all find comfort and peace. And most of all, I am praying for Chad, that Chad is at peace. Wow. The sole purpose of my ride along was to learn about law enforcement. So that was just some somebody that happened to... Um, ironically, be, be there. Right, be there and just reached out to the family. and Yeah. And I bet they did learn a lot about law enforcement in that, on that day. Guys, this one's hard for me. like particular law enforcement. Yeah, I got I got emotions in this one. This one really yeah, tugged at my heartstrings. It hard. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. Wow. All right. It's a lot. So sorry. Yes. Yep. I... I I really do. Um, I agree just wholeheartedly with you, which, I mean, we're soulmates, so no. I, you're probably right. not surprised that I our mutual brain is all in the thinking that this 100% was avoidable. I, I hate that he was cleared, and I'm happy to hear that the wrongful death suit is moving forward, and I cannot believe, I just, I just can't believe this is this guy's third I know. Um, Shooting incident. There is the uh, Justice for Chad Breinholtz Facebook page. Perfect. Um, his mother has done a lot of, there's also like a tribute page to him okay. um, that she does. And she, you know, talks about him and who he was. And so 
follow um, that if you want. Yeah, and, check it out. I mean, I, like I said, I understand people may not agree with me, yeah. but being in the mental health field this is just how I feel and I just feel this was so avoidable do you have like the cleanest bath of ever for my gray matter I do have a bath for you okay um let me get my article here I gotta thank my cousin she has been sending me these delicious articles she's like here I found this it's funny I'm like thank you thank you also keep up with your google is it tara Yes, yeah. Okay, Tara, keep up with your weird Google searches. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of them, too, she heard on our local radio, so thank oh, you to hey, them as well. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out Always to appreciate them. those. Um, this one is, that I have for you today, it's called Drunken Woman on Motorized Suitcase Leads Police Chase Through Orlando Airport. <laughs> they make a motorized suitcase? That's what I pulled out of all that. <laughs> That is what, uh, that's what it says. Sign me up for a motorized suitcase. It's, and the, she's just riding. I know. It, it's, it sounds, there is a video here that I I'm didn't sorry, play. but she sounds brilliant. She really does. It sounds like it would I be see, fun. I see nothing wrong here. Also, a, a chase behind this thing had to have been really <laughs> slow. <laughs> that's for what sure. I picture. For sure. <laughs> so it, it says, an intoxicated passenger who was who was barred from boarding an airplane at Orlando International Airport, rode away from the gate on a motorized suitcase as the police officer on on a bicycle followed behind her. (laughs) Stop it. A police officer on a bicycle? That's the best. A quote. We're going to have a bike pursuing a suitcase in a minute, an Orlando police officer said as he tried to catch up to the passenger. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is great. This is the best. <laughs> a bike pursuing officer en route via bike pursuing yes. a motorized suitcase. Be oh, advised. I just put, I picture this so slowly. Absolutely. Unfolding. Why is this not in a movie? Right? Just completely with Jonah Hill. Like oh, it just God. needs to be. Yes. Jonah Hill and, and Channing Tatum. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, it says Chelsea Alston, 32 was later accused of battering the police officer and oh, causing no. more than a thousand in damage to Chelsea, his patrol car. Car or bike? Um, I believe she was taken like oh, into out the of car. the car. Yes. Yeah. So, Chelsea, no, Sounds no. like she got a little crazy. Come on, now girl. She, she, Hide your crazy. Start acting like a regular drunk lady that rides her motorized suitcase. Right? She faces up to five years in prison for oh, her offenses. Shit. Chelsea, no. <laughs> Says Alston is among several... It says Alston is among several dozen passengers who have been arrested at Orlando International Airport during COVID for unruly or violent behavior. What is going on oh, down gosh. there? That's too that's that's too bad. She she entered a plea of not guilty and she was traveling from Orlando to New York in April when a Southwest Airlines gay agent refused to let her on board because she appeared to be intoxicated. And she probably was. I mean, come on. Own it, girl. Right? She quoted. She said, I don't want no beef. I'm just trying to get home and enjoy myself. (laughs) Same girl. I get it. I love love that quote. I don't want no beef. Just trying to get home and enjoy myself. Yeah. She she said she had two drinks before the flight. Did you? Are you? Or was it six? Are you 65 pounds, ma'am? <laughs> um, okay. 
That's that is always the standard, though. I've only had a couple of drinks. Well, the I've, first two went down so fast and smooth that you didn't realize the other four behind ex- it. Exactly. I'm curious what this suitcase was, though. I want to see it. Okay, yeah. It's described as a motorized suitcase. Yes. Um, it's, it says that when she was she began cursing at the officers, waving her middle finger as she rolled out on the motorized suitcase. <laughs> Yes, there's no other way. There's no other way. I love this woman. I mean, don't do the damages and stuff, but I everything else you've got going on, I, I'm here for it. Actually, it does say, it, there was a quote from a bystander that says, that thing goes fast as oh. she rode through the crowd. The, like, oh, she no rode shit. through some uh, crowd of passengers. Yeah. So maybe it was a high She's speed chase. She's cruising at a cool 12 miles an hour. She was. So yeah, that's, um, I appreciated that one. There's some video and I didn't get a chance to watch it. I want to see if I can. Question. Why would a motorized suitcase go fast? Because technically shouldn't you still be holding onto it so it can only go as fast as like you can power walk? You know what? That's a really good point. I want to know what this baby tops out at. I'm going to see if I can, um, I'm going to see if this is the footage. From the oh, I just hope. so we can see in this day and age, someone had to have recorded this. I would, I would hope so. I love the bicycle pursuing the suit. I know. I love that another officer's like, we've got a you know right, motorized right. suitcase here. This is an eleven forty three. This is a code orange five two five. Oh God, is that her? Oh. Yeah, I think so. Can we post this footage? Oh, we ca- I think we need to. I think we need to. She looks like she's having a good time, though. Heck yeah, she is just on her little motorized suitcase. At, at first, she's just kind of like, like, you know. I'm going to look into oh, one of these babies. I think she's taken oh, off there now. There she goes. There she goes. She's out. <laughs> see ya. So, so that's okay. I see what it is now. It's just this little, like, little she's part so thing. close to the ground. <laughs> It's like one of those little kid things where they push their legs. It is. So good. She's so close to the ground, you guys. Oh, there's the body cam from the officer on the bike. On the bike. This is the best. We'll post this with the- Oh my gosh, please do. Yeah, we'll post this with the case. I love- That officer is probably like, yep, just all a day on the job in the airport security. (laughs) Middle fingers Never a dull moment. Peace and out. Yep, there she goes. Oh, there she goes. Driving intoxicated. Does it count? Does this count as a DUI? You know, it, it probably should. She could have hit somebody. She's on a motorized vehicle of sorts. <laughs> so close to the ground. This might just be my favorite. I this think is so good. too. You get the trophy. Yeah. Oh, thank it's you. a motorized suitcase. I'm gonna give. There I'm gonna are. share it with my cousin because she yes. gave me this gem. This, so yep. There you go. Tara and Amber currently We're sharing it. Have the brain bath trophy. It remember it changes shape. As we oh, yeah. metaphorically pass now it's it back a, and forth. a motorized suitcase. Yep, it went from a tree to so something. many things. Else, I can't remember now. It was grotesque. <laughs> it and was. Then, I think it was, it was a dildo. Uh, I think it was. May have had a phallic shape. Yes, <laughs> and now highly likely <laughs> for sure. If you've ever listened to our podcast, right. it probably did. So, yeah, All that's right. that's it. Thank well, you. I'll post that. that was, you need to see the footage. That was the perfect ending to help us cleanse ourselves after this tragic case so. yeah that was a heavy one it was. um i did have a narrative of guilty i i don't agree with what happened so yeah. but let us know your thoughts all right perfect keep listening thanks for being here and thank you everyone for that has left really lovely reviews we love to 
yes. to read them. They make our day. We appreciate it. And um, until next time, hey, send case suggestions, crimecurious at yahoo.com or on any of our socials. We're on all of them. And until next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.